This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. I want to thank you, Jeremy, for running this, these programs. It's been, no one thought they would last us. They would, they would keep inflating like this. Uh, I think most people predicted it would, the, the earlier the mice. Um, it's, it's a wonderful program. It reflects a lot about the yeshiva's values and, and, and approach to things. And Barashem um, should keep doing good things. I know he's active in yeshiva when he can be in many ways. And Yashkov for everything. Um, I, I realized that I missed out a great opportunity in my life because in the 60s, I also had a radio set that kept hissing. <laughs> and, I, and I could have, no matter what I did, it hissed. I could have, I could have actually gone on record with something like this. But I, I guess, you know, we, we miss out these opportunities. Um, the, the, the topics that were touched on are grand topics, incredible topics. I, 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 I mean, I'd like to offer maybe two or three points. Again, try to give it brief, but apropos to the um, to the points raised. So, in the Rambam's view, and many many Rishonim his age, the continuum between Ruchnius and Gashmius was kind of one. The way Aristotle, physics and metaphysics were one book, and it just was. It was just like another another stage of, of the same type of things. Um, it's something that today we don't relate to, and I think it's detrimental both to science and to Toro when you actually put it into one test. It doesn't work that way. But it is, an, it is incredibly bound together, and I'd like to offer two perspectives, and it's especially apropos to this. One perspective... Um, that is focusing on, on the opening point about why it is that astronomy was seen by the Rambam as being the study to bring her close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it's something that you see it in Tehillim. Echoes a lot about Shemayim, Shmeah Shemayim, the Cholzvaim. It is singled out. So, so first, let me, let, let's, so this, so I'm going to try to present two perspectives on the interface between the reality as we see it in a testu and a sort of abstract reality as presented in Torah, as presented in, in Chazal. The first one is um, has to do with human perception and human psychological interaction. Let's give an example. Imagine that somebody... Two people go to a show, to a, to a play. Imagine this play is an incredible play about, let's say, um, a family that's torn apart by hatred, and at some point children go and they burn down their parents' house and the entire town and so on. And the finale of it is um, a whole a whole town going up in flames, everybody destroyed, and you know because of this hatred. Two people are sitting in the audience. One turns to the other and says, wow, look at all that destruction that hatred has wrought. It's incredible. And the second one says, you really think somebody died? Don't you see there's red lights here and then there's a fan on top and it goes down like this and tomorrow just goes up again and it's done again and again and again. Who's right? Well, they're talking about two different aspects. One is talking about 
the engineering and the, the technical way how to present the, the, the visual effects. And one is talking about the message. Um, and if you're working on the guy behind stage, the, 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 the second guy is the one you want to consult. If you're asking about the message behind it, it's the first guy. HaKadosh Baruch Hu put us in a universe. Some of it is a universe that the mechanics of it is needed for ourselves. So let's say you know we have the way in which the heart works and which the in arteries work and so on and so forth. Okay, that that's that's ourself. There's a second aspect. We're affected by things we see. So arguably, um, the grandeur of a small living being, the complexity of a small living being, might rival this entire universe. But when we're hunched over a microscope looking at something with a balabas and we're mastering the item that's on the slide, when you look around you and you see scenery and forests and mountains and oceans, there's a sense of beauty, tranquility, and so on. When you pick your head up, and especially with, with, with a telescope, and your mind starts to boggle at things, your sense is being overwhelmed. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu put us in a context, a context where we master the world. Psychologically, so even if, even if brain tissue, which is incredibly complex and we don't really understand its workings, but when we're hunched over it and touching it and doing something, we get a sense of mastery over it. And the universe, the, the, the astronomy and cosmology, is, it gives us a, a, a sense of grandeur that dwarfs us to almost non-existence. And the Rama makes that point. And that's why it applies only to certain astrophysicists. He says, on the one hand, you're drawn to the magnificence of Akadosh Baruch wisdom, and a smart and wise person is drawn to wisdom. And then, as the person's pondering, he feels he feels so overwhelmed, and 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 so infinitesimal, and and, and insignificant, that it evokes Yira. So the universe around us, in terms of the the context of astronomy, is something that has the effect of overwhelming us and give us a sense of a god. And that's why when we ask about God, we say he's up there. It, it, well, there's no space, but, but up there is our sense of beyond. And that's, so one aspect of astronomy being so special is what I would call the psychological aspect of how it affects us. The, the more a person thinks about, and you know, as you build these models of, of these tremendous galaxies and beyond and beyond and beyond, um, it gives us a certain perception of how insignificant we are and there's something that's so much bigger than us. That, I think, is one thing to ponder and, and psychologically, it has a profound effect on a person. Uh, a person, there's a certain humility that comes in when, when we realize how little, little space we occupy in this, in this incredible universe. A sec so one, one perspective of the interface is the mechanics versus the psychological effect on a person. And that's why 
for instance, we speak about a person stands and he sees the heavenly bodies going in a certain direction, bowing to the Shekhinah. We all know it's, it's, it's the mechanics of it is there's nothing setting, there's nothing rising, there's something circling or spinning, but at the end of the day, it is sunset. And, and we live with sunset. Um, even the scientist who goes to the lab or, or you know, just and, and knows uh, anybody, but profoundly we see heavenly bodies going in a direction which is a direction bound. So that's one perspective, I think, about the interface of the two. There's a second perspective, and which is more, I guess, the perspective that Kabbalah brought in. Again, where it's not a direct continuum, but I would use an analogy of a, a, um, a screen to a computer. The information the computer is bytes. It's 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 electrical impulses, or uh, you know, yes, electricity, no electricity. The screen is a physical, visual representation of what's inside it. They're they're the same, and they're completely different. Um, what you see on the screen is not um, what's happening in the computer, but it is a direct proportion of it. It, it's translated into another language. This incredible phenomenon, he said that this world is balanced on a knife's edge between um, expansion and, uh, and implosion, which is the only way to make survival possible. You see that in many places, the dancing act between the effect that different bodies have each other gravitationally is an incredible effect. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling that if, if you move things a little bit, it, then it rapidly will either spin out or, or spin in. Things have an incredible balance. Chazal say the following. Hashem, when he said, let there be heavens, it began going and expanding incredibly, without a stop. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, die, enough. And it stood in its place. And on, on a metaphysical level, that's translated on two meters of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives. Everything starts with him giving, giving us existence, life, uh, uh, assets, talents, whatever it is. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu placing boundaries. Those two are opposite and equally important for existence. And the way Chazal expressed it is, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, let there be light, there's no end to the light, because there are no, in, there are no inherent boundaries in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's actions. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu has another meter of boundaries, and therefore the light gets limited. Whatever limitations need to be put in to give us survival, we can't survive infinite. We need clearly defined boundaries. So in, in a sense, this, this, the, the physical, the visual display of, of this balance between the nitro, between ever-expanding or implosion, that balance, that's physical reality that, that we, we're beginning to see and understand as being um, that, that great balance that gives us life, expressed in the language of Chazal, it's a midas chesed, which is unbounded, and a midas hadin, pachadir, whatever language is called, which, 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 um, 
which gives which freezes a boundary so that it doesn't get out of control, and yet Kashbrok keeps giving and puts a stop and a limitation. Those, those are a few observations I've had about it, about, and and it's a, thank you very much. It's incredible. Uh, it's it's very edifying, and uh, keep doing good things, Jeremy. Thank you.